Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Plus minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus minus. That is a word right there. <laughs> What'd you say? Plus minus. Yeah, like, like Marcus Thompson. Marcus always tell the truth. Plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well plus respected. Minus. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to a Game 4 edition of the Warriors Plus Minus podcast. Tim Kawakami with me, Sam Amick, special guest. We might get Marcus Thompson at some point, but he must wrap up what was a twisted... That was wild. Yeah, that was, was an all-time wild that that Kirk called. I mean, we didn't even ask him about why did you really challenge. I mean, it, it was that, he wasn't going to win. And horrible had, challenge. Yeah, and with only one timeout left. Oh, and Malik Monk yeah. is on the floor, like writhing in pain no after a screen. That one was a, that was an emotion. I get what he's saying is, if I don't use it now, when am I going to use it? But he only had one time, and I understood taking the quicker timeout before that when he had two left because Steph's playing forty three minutes, right? He's, so you want to break up his fourth quarter. I got that, but then you don't challenge and you don't challenge that play because they weren't going to. It was no way that was going to get re- reversed. You lose your timeout. It's it's vague in people's minds, right? Because it's it's not a timeout; it's a challenge. He did not tell the huddle, according to Steve. This is Steve copying. I kind of thought. Let me just, and it's, you know, we're going right into like yeah, the, the mistakes of which. By the way, I should say Warriors won. You know, the, it's two two, big win. Uh, you know, going back to Sacramento two two. So none of what we're about I mean, to talk Harrison about. Harrison Barnes is really happy with the way you started this podcast. Yeah. It's yeah. As if you know, <laughs> as if that didn't happen. But but. If we are going to get into the timeout, which could have been a legendary blunder by Steph Curry, I would blame Steph Curry. You're a veteran. What is this year? Well, it was you know. really an instinctive, like, they're trapping me, timeout. And, and, but he and, didn't even go timeout, like, oh no, I shouldn't have called that. He timeout and looked over the oh, bench. Yeah. Remember, he even yeah. said, he's like, I thought I made a great play. Because then I looked over the bench and they're all shaking their heads. <laughs> How long until one of us, like, like, who are we handicapping as the reporter who would track down Chris Weber to do the interview about Steph Curry's? I'm yeah. pretty sure I know Snapping. which one of the three people here it would be. It would be the one with the, the one that covered him. Yes, <laughs> it would be the one with the deepest yeah. Sacramento Kings roots. I wonder which one that would be. It's Slater's closing in. Yes, but it would be Sam Amy. Yeah, I don't yeah. quite have like the you know mid early two thousands. Let's get Mike Bibby on the phone here and ask him. It was, yeah, it was all time. They won it. They deserved to win it. They played well. You know, not great, but well. But that was. All, that was Steph Curry, you know, the, the, their epic player, the player going on Mount Rushmore, and he called the timeout. Again, not all his fault. but good. And then they give up the three. It literally yeah. would have been better for him to just roll the ball out of bounds because then you don't give up the technical free throw. You're, you give up possession by getting the technical, but you also give up the free throw. It ended up well, being a four-point play. Having not gone over to the Warriors' side myself in terms of the media stuff, 
I will push back a tiny bit on the idea that, I mean, we sat on press road, Tim, and right away talked about it. They're out of timeouts. Yeah. Like, yeah. Steph's got to oh, yeah. have the awareness. Like, it's not a, not a secret. Yeah, this is on Steph. And, that, and it, it was Steve doing what Steve does, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to fall on the sword for Steph Curry. And then yeah. Steph came up and mentioned that he had heard that Steve took the blame. So, obviously, that landed well. And it, it was clear that Steve didn't say, do not call a timeout. I mean, he might have mentioned it briefly. Like, there, it wasn't on the front of mind that they were should not call it. I mean, again, we talked about Steve, uh, Steph's reaction. It was like, what? Huh? What? I mean, it wasn't like, oh, that's right. There was a, I did not have a timeout to call there. Unbelievable. Then they give up to three. Uh, Which Draymond blamed <laughs> himself yeah. for because Heath was sagging right. too far right. off Fox. Fox. You don't give up to three there because they were up five. Free throw makes it four. The three get, makes it one. Steph takes a shot. I mean, all credit to him. He's trying to hit the shot to win and, and he makes it most of the time. It misses. Kings get the ball back all time moment like in Chase Center history. Just the the feeling in that arena. Well, mm-hmm. wait a minute now. Not only could they possibly tie, they could win with any bucket, uh, and the ball pops to Harrison Barnes, which is. I was talking to a few people in the Warriors locker, and they were not upset that that's where the ball was. I mean, no, but no, no. They shot. can say that in retrospect, yeah. but if it was oh, Harrison Barnes that splashed oh, that thing yeah. in, and oh you God. know, in some ways, may have thrown one of the final daggers in the dynasty, it would have been not only fitting, but man, that would have been. Can you it imagine how painful oh, a locker room oh, that would have been, would have been if Harrison Barnes made well, that? And three? It wasn't a clank either. It was not a clank. I mean, it was back rim. I will say because you guys know as well as anyone, we root for storylines, right? I find myself torn on this one because in a vacuum in this game, like that's a hell of a story to write how Harrison Barnes. He's had a the good Warriors. series too. Yeah, he's been strong, but like in a vacuum of this game, that's a hell of a story to write. But for the series, now we got 2-2, best yeah. of three, Kings got home court. But man, I do admittedly feel bad for Harrison and even worse when you look at the media post game. I mean, Draymond in true Draymond form did not take the tactful route, you know, sits there and you tweeted out the videos later breaking down why he was very comfortable leaving Barnes on the wing, you know, making With up. With a smile on his face. Right. Well, you said earlier, you know, Draymond gave up the three and he, and he corrects. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like the way he defended that final play was Draymond at his defensive best. He's a, he's a genius on that end of the floor. And and Harrison missed the shot. That's so all there's to it. He came off of Harrison Barnes yeah. to trap. Well, he started on Fox. Well, they switched the switch. Steph doubled and they just they – just, they, they kind of maintained the double because yeah. it was like, sure, Harrison Barnes, go ahead and shoot. And Fox yeah. ran into a wall. He, he thought he had the lane, and he, and he drove, and Draymond was there, and, and that was it, as long as Harrison didn't hit the shot. Yeah. Um, where, like, you know, we should probably just, I guess, talk about everything else that went on in this game. I mean, the end was insane. It was incredible. What did you say? That we, well, one th- I guess one thing, last thing I'd want to say on the finish, if you were to take anything more than they just got lucky that they escaped tonight, it would be maintaining skepticism in who they've been this season because what they've done this season is gack away a bunch of games. You know, the Charlotte when they're up four in the last minute. Remember the Utah where they were up four in the last seven uh, well, seconds. Well, and you're reminding me, uh, the Jordan Poole turnover, which Kerr added to all these mistakes, was horrendous. You're talking about the one where they had a complete five-on-four. <laughs> Davion Mitchell's like lying in the Warriors bench, and he just throws it to Malik Monk. Seven, I think, they were at the time. Yeah, that I was mean, a horrible was, play. The game was over at that moment, and he threw it directly to the Kings, who went right down for I mean, Well, like, Davion Mitchell was getting off the bench, and he's like, hey, I'm open down <laughs> exactly. here. Exactly. It was all time. I mean, all of these things were just brutal. So you just reminded me on, once again, it's me criticizing Jordan Poole. I'll, I'll hear about that. But like Kerr added that to the list of ridiculous mistakes that they made and they win the game. So, you know, they're, that it's, you win the game. It's, it's 
Not a matter of of relitigating everything, but that was un. Just to be sitting there next to Sam Amick as all this was going, I was like what the? I literally what the hell? They don't have a timeout. Like what did he do? They don't have a timeout. Well, and, and and to me, the emotional juxtaposition of appreciating Steph's greatness and watching this game that he's having and thinking yet again. Like I literally am sitting there thinking, if you strip away all the nuance and all the details of this series. There is part of my brain that is watching Steph and saying, I don't think Steph's going to lose in the first round. I just don't think he's going to let it happen. And that's that's my own kind of reverence for who he is as a player. And all of a sudden, you do a 180, and you're like, what the hell did he just do? Like, he just blew it and called it that time out. Again, they've, they, they've been doing this type of stuff all season. And, you know, we know who Fox has been down the stretch all season. So if, if you're heading towards game five of the series and you're – thinking it's going to be a close game five it's going to be a close game six it's going to be a close game seven who do you trust to win two clutch games out of three i mean the kings have been better down the stretch okay let me throw it to you guys this way i was just thinking that if if you hadn't just covered the first four games and i told you in some sort of crystal ball type of way that the kings won at home so the warriors road woes continued and then the, the Warriors took care of business at home, and it was chalk in terms of their trends. Like, like, how would you see the last three games? You would think the Kings were in a good spot, but it's more detailed than that. Like, where are the two of you at when it comes to handicapping this thing? I think the Kings might, you know, you could see them being a little tight in these upcoming home games. It feels like game five has a, like, you know, more tense situation than game one, although game one had all the history involved, they and they had came progress, out. right? Like, to me, you know, I am kind of writing a lot of Kings-heavy stuff in this, in this series. Unbelievable. Kevin Kevin Herter is is now kind of on that short list of guys that has not woken 21 up. Twenty one minutes tonight for yeah, Kevin Herter. Yeah. But Keegan Murray, 20, I mean, he had 10, uh, 10 points combined first three games. Twenty three tonight, five threes, played fantastic. You know, Herter is still struggling, and so you know that's still a box they have to check. But the, even Sabonis, not a, not a great night. Not even he maybe a, a very good night. series. But he but he did. I feel like he is solving. He's not solving, but he is managing the defensive challenges the Warriors present. He was not awful tonight, which is, that's not the bar that he's trying to reach, but it was a little bit of progress, I thought, for Sabonis. Um, Herder's a problem. Monk bounced back a little bit tonight. Uh, you know, they, I think they had progress, but I, I don't know what I think about the final three. Here's what I think. I think game three, I thought the Warriors were going to win no matter what, just you, almost because Draymond is suspended. The emotion was going to be there. Everything breaks to the home team in games one and two, as it should. It was going to break the other way for game three. I thought this was going to be the hardest game because you did have to adjust to get Draymond back in there. They really don't have Gary Payton the second because he played very cammy. He did miss game three. Seven minutes. He missed game three with with a sickness. He was not much in game four. They barely played Kaminga in game four. Like This was going to be the tight one. I really thought this was going to be the tight sphincter game for the Warriors, and it was. They played fine, but I think I'm not as – I'm more into I think the truth – feel of the series might be more towards game three not in game you know game five is in sacramento so it's gonna be i just think the warriors still think they figured out stuff in game three that they kind of had to work through in this game because they were readjusting and bring draymond back let's talk about draymond green by the way because that's the other big story here which is what i wrote about um you know he he goes to immediately i'm right after they get game three i saw him in the locker room he was looking for steph he goes to Steph. They talk it over. Is that probably a good idea? Steph said they hadn't decided, but it seems pretty clear that Draymond's ready not to start. He thinks that's a good idea. He saw it with the way the ball moved, the spacing, with only one big out there, Looney. And he's like, goes to Kerr's office that night, you know, don't start me. It's better if I don't start. And, and Kerr was thinking that way already. 
with with Draymond's approval. He doesn't start him. And it also allows Draymond to tell his tale. Absolutely. I mean, it's a whole it's all about many things. But, you know, and otherwise, I think Steve might not have started Looney after a 20 rebound. I mean, it's like it's hard. What what are you going to do? It is probably better for them to only be one big at a time. Oh, they they close with with both of them and they started the the second half. That's what's interesting is uh, they're down four at half. And then they to me, the big schematic adjustment was was Draymond on Fox and and, and made Fox like Fox is going to shoot a ton. It just made the shots a little bit tougher. May not be exactly what you do, but I'm not saying all this stuff. I don't think anyone's saying all this stuff won the game for them. It's just who they are, though. It's how they operate. That they there isn't going to be hard feelings if you, or they anticipating. Draymond's anticipating that he might not Kerr might not want to start him, so he makes it okay for Kerr not to start him. It's just think of the other way. If he did not wanted to come out of starting lineup and Kerr didn't start him, and they lose or they have a tough time, that's how a lot of bruised feelings happen. Didn't happen that yep. way. Marcus Thompson is here, and I would love to, about to ask feelings. his take. Um, but to your point, uh, you know, it's much easier to tell this tale in a win because I can remember remember Draymond, and I know you were watching in Game Four in Boston getting benched, and he has since. I think he went on a podcast saying, "I had to accept it, but if we had lost, you know, if yeah. if that hadn't worked, I felt t- disrespected, but yeah. you know what, it worked. So yeah, you're right. Everything's." You tell the tale differently as opposed to when yeah, you're losing. they lose yeah. tonight because they got blitzed out of the gate exactly, or something. Exactly. I mean, uh, I, this is the you know, the, but this is why this dynasty is what it is, and why we write it like we write it, and why we talk about it like we talk about it because they do win. Yeah, you know, they do this stuff and then they win, and they're two two, but they did this stuff and they won, and it was important that they won. It's important, they, and I talked to Steph about this you know conversation with Draymond after game three and he compared it and you know, compared it to or whatever you want to say he referenced the Memphis dinner at the Blue City Cafe in 2015 as epic as legendary a times moment. I don't think they can no. go to Blue City Cafe yeah. now no, and just no, have, you sit imagine, down for a little weird that time but uh <laughs> it is just like these are pegs in this huge and incredibly significant you know mosaic and the fact that Curry referred to it like there's my there's my story I made my story Marcus Thompson, who I think is, he's watching a video of Dylan Brooks, it looks like, yeah, on his phone. He's about to show everyone. Oh, Steph Curry. Never mind. Oh, it's Steph Curry. For some reason, I, saw, I thought I said Dylan Brooks. I need to amend my story. Sure. I need to add a line to my story. What? Apparently, apparently, Draymond screams to Steph. We've seen that movie before. <laughs> well, we were talking about that earlier. Ooh, that's an interesting... Uh, who, who I mean, it doesn't this? say that's what he's talking about, but everybody just <laughs> figured it out. I mean, the Warriors posted it, too. <laughs> yeah. We've seen that movie before. Yeah, I got to update my story, too. Exactly. <laughs> Poor um, Harrison. Poor Harrison. Hey, there's still games left in the yeah, series. There's a, and he is, I, I think he's had a pretty good series. Um, Marcus Thompson, general thoughts, what you wrote about, whatever. Like where you, Go wherever you want. I wrote about the... Uh, the irony of this championship team completely falling apart <laughs> down the stretch of a the game they had. And Which is who they've been this season. Yeah, it's who they've been this season. It's wild. They were both in this game. They were they were great champions, right? They played really well. They uh responded like there were just moments where the Sacramento Kings would have taken them down and they were like, Yeah, nah, they made big shots, they got stops. And then it just fell apart, like in the most epic, dramatic, dramatic like college fashion. basketball fact. It felt like 2013, like when they were be- they just 
they would just make these mistakes and and winning like finishing games was so hard. Jack yeah. against Spurs. <laughs> it was the first two minutes of the fourth, right? Yeah. Like Clay hits that three at the end of the third. He's doing that little one legged shimmy at the buzzer. What like, a shit! Was he playing the guitar? What was that? <laughs> right in front of the Kings bench. Yeah. Was, was... I mean, they go up ten. I you know full disclosure, a neighbor of mine who's a Kings fan texted me was like awful third quarter. I wrote back, they're cooked. It's over, and. First two minutes, like the Warriors let their guard down. That's where I do love the emotional component of the game. You talk about focus, poise, composure, all that stuff. Like the Warriors, they, they just kind of took their foot off for two minutes, and then we had a ball game again. Yeah. I mean, that's the, I, the Kings impressed me in the start of that fourth. Jet, uh, wider thoughts? Yeah, the Kings are really good. That's one of the things in the locker room you heard. Like, they're, they're much better than they anybody expect. thought they were. Yeah, it's like, you know, people get in a situation. I don't even think it's a knock. Like, until you get in the playoffs, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like you don't know how good a team is. You just really don't know. And some teams are really, really good. And you get them in the playoffs, and they're like, you know, they're not that good. Beyond right? the Kings, Fox. Fox has been unbelievable this yeah, series. Yeah, Fox has been great. I think Fox is a big hit. But I, I just feel like like I was talking to Wiggins, and he's like, they just don't stop coming. Like, that's not just Fox. Like, they're defending. They're pressure. Like, there are guys who can't play defense who are playing great defense for the Kings. Like, Kevin Hurd is playing great defense, right? He's making life tough for people. He five Murray boxes. comes out of nowhere, right? Like, he just, I mean, we were just talking about, yo, sit him down somewhere. Right, like, right. he's not ready. And he's like, oh, no. Like, that's kind of the ethos of the Kings. The odd part about it, Mike Brown starts today by saying, hey, we might not no. win this series. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it might take it's us a few years. Yeah, like Mike. I, you know, and he has been a master of the, the psychology game with his team this season. And he did talk as if, like, ah, we'll see what happens. If 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 it's not in the cards, then we're not going to win this he, thing. He literally said, maybe you're two or three of, yeah. like, the Mike Brown era. This, and they're up 2-1 in the series when yeah. he said this. That yeah. was amazing to me. So here's I the was thing. telling Slater, like, that was incredible. That was an amazing pregame press conference. Like, the Kings themselves don't want to hear, read any of that right now. But, and I did kind of write tonight, you talking about the, the, I know it's a Warriors pod, but, like, the long runway here. Sabonis, worthwhile, like building block. Fox, beast. Keegan Murray, to have a rookie struggle in the first three games like that and show this kind of maturity to break through like he did, that's a like big he win. He was fine even if he didn't break through. Right. It was like, all right, next year you come Great back. Great year, 200 yeah, yeah, yeah. threes as a rookie. But to be honest, my favorite one, and I talked to him after the game for a bit, and maybe I'll use it in the next couple of days, Davion Mitchell literally just went from most of his first two years in the league like like – questioning whether or not his greatest skill, his defensive ability, was going to be allowed by the NBA because it's such an offense-heavy, you know, officiating league these days, to now seeing, hey, young fella, on the playoff stage, you can do what you do. And not only that, like, you should be part of the Kings' long-term plans. All these different pieces of their puzzle all of a sudden look fantastic, like, regardless of what happens in this series. And that's not where their heads are at right now, but I do think long-term, like, God dang, like, it, it looks better than it did two weeks ago. Yeah, they're, they're, they're fine either way. Win the yeah. series or lose it, they've proven what they needed to prove. I feel like Memphis, Denver is looking like... Denver looks Dang good it. right now. Nah, Denver looks good yeah, right now. Denver's going to win, though. Like, are, well, like, I think they're attempting to sweep the Nuggets as we speak and we will probably succeed. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Timberwolves, the Timberwolves, Timberwolves, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just uh, saying, like, there's a there's this, like, next crop of teams that are vying yeah. for a title, and I feel like over the next few years, like, Sacramento is looking at people. Or Minnesota's one of those teams, yeah. right? Oklahoma City. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, but so I, I do think they, they definitely developed a respect for – 
Like this team is tough, man. Yeah, but yeah, they, no, they felt like they were putting them away. So they well, felt I'll like just they say were this about De'Aaron Fox. Andrew Wiggins guarded Doncic. He guarded um, Tatum. Jason Tatum, yeah. and they never took him off them. Right? Mm-hmm. They never took him. They just took him off. De'Aaron Fox and put Draymond on him because De'Aaron Fox, not that Wiggins was playing him poorly, I don't think he's, but he just couldn't stop him. And by the and way, Fox had 12 in the fourth. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, the high volume shooting. Like he was like the only guy shooting there for a while, but he's incredible. And just, and, and he's different kind of player. It's tough for, and, well, that's what Wiggins was guarding Jaw the first two games of Memphis series. Like the fact that De'Aaron Fox is potentially a tougher guard for Andrew Wiggins than Luka Doncic is pretty pretty significant and it in the playoffs in a game in games where Chase Center is going crazy I also just think mentally like the way you went on Draymond today yeah, you know oh, to yeah. stand up Draymond, for Keegan Murray Draymond said yeah. I was 100% respect that like these are this is playoff Ooh, showing Draymond your chops I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah, it was we, a good we interaction. Were, Draymond was like happy with the post game. He's like, I like that he defended. Yeah, we were joking thing. on press row, like, like because Draymond's pod is is obviously so out there, high profile. Like, De'Aaron was an hour long guest on Draymond's <laughs> pod. I Draymond did, loves him. I joked with De'Aaron post game. I'm like, you you going on the pod again? He kind of laughed. He's like, I don't know, man. Like, he he downplayed it. Like the Kings have all series. He, they're not going to give any you know Draymond any of that energy. But, like, that was legit. He sat there and, and called them names you don't want to hear for 30 straight seconds, and, and De'Aaron was right there. Yeah. Uh, I'm, let's flip it back to the Warrior side. What did you think of Draymond coming off the bench? Uh, I thought it was like Draymond, you know, I don't want to say, I guess, uh, recurring some favor. I think Draymond knew full well this is going to last for a half, <laughs> and then I'll be back in there. Yeah. And, and it lasted for a half. It lasted and then he was the schematic adjustment in the second half. Carter Fox. I wrote about that. Like, you know, just like him guarding Fox. Yeah. Uh, there is a bigger picture, though. Like, Kirk keeps saying it. He said it last year. Draymond and Looney together is a little tough offensively. This is a series where that's run into trouble. That's exactly what Draymond and Kerr said about games one and two. Draymond started both games off with a turnover, which he has mentioned and which Kerr just mentioned. Um, they're going to run in, you know, if they – get past the Kings, they're going to run into this again and again and again. And what are they going to do? It'll be not, even worse. Can like, you bench Looney? Like, like the Lakers with their shot blocking and size would be so hard for to LeBron play. just figuring out, like, there's only three guys we've got to guard here. Okay. They're not, not, they're not four. It's only three. And, like, this is something they're going to, like, they're going to figure out or not figure out. But that is the looming thing with this lineup is their best five guys aren't really their best five guys together against a lot of good teams. So Draymond fixed it for them this one. Again, you, you could go him and Looney to start the second half for a lot of different reasons. But, man, if Clay's not going, like he was played really well tonight, we could yeah, talk yeah. about Clay. Like that's a tough, tough group against, you know, a fast defense that can play the passing lanes. And they ran into some of that trouble in, I mean, in the look, first two Remember games. they started Otto Porter the last three games of the Boston series. Yep. I mean, they split him up. Now, it was always – Looney is always the guy. We yeah, know, yeah, like, they benched the Looney five times. Yeah, he's still the guy. Yeah, like, he'll be still be the guy. Yeah. Still the guy. I mean, we saw in the yes, fourth quarter coach. Tonight, we saw it's fourth quarter tonight why it can't be Draymond. Like, Looney can't say, go get Fox. Well, it just, Can't do that. Yeah. Like, yeah, also not only that, how about the play? Looney's behind the play. I think he missed a layup and kind of stumbled into the cameras. And – Kings are coming four on three this way. Barnes tries to go at Draymond. Draymond stops him at the rim. The rebound goes to Sabonis, and you think he's got an easy put back. Looney's still at half court, and he comes back and blocks Sabonis and then yells in Sabonis' face like that. 
to be able to complete that sequence where you stop Barnes, blocks the bonus, and then also, hey, you are the primary matchup on De'Aaron Fox. Like, that versatility is pretty insane. It's, it's huge. And this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Like, you know, but again, they're going to have decisions to make. And this was just off-season decisions also. No no question. I think he's going to make it first. Well, Well, he's going to say what? Looney's out is what he's going to say. No, I mean, I'm talking about like contract. No, no, no. I mean, oh. in the playoffs, as the playoffs continue. I, yeah, I think Looney's out. I don't think you make that decision. I, I think. Looney's oh, out. I, I think they might start him together. Looney plays. Lo- yeah, you, I think they're going to start him together, and then there's going to be a quick sub. But Draymond, by the way, and he was saying, you know, I played my regular minutes, 31 minutes, but that's not 38 anymore. Like. I think his minutes are a little down, and I think they'll stay down. Steph's minutes are going through the roof because they have to. I think Draymond's minutes are, are going to be 30, 31, 33. Which is actually fine because yeah. Looney's better than he ever has been. What did Looney play, like 31? Also, Steve is really tightening the ship right now. Uh, <laughs> Gary Payton, seven minutes. Mo- Moody and Kaminga are in the rotation, but they only play five and three, We're only, only in the half. first half. DiVincenzo, 16 minutes, was like the seventh Minus most. 15. Yeah, pool. Is twenty six. I think. I mean, that's the rotation. Seven, man, seven eight man rotation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it will change for matchups, but I, I think this is very similar to Jordan Poole and Clay last year. It's like, yeah, it's cool, and you know, mm-hmm. Steph did the thing. Like, all right, Poole, I'm gonna let you start a little bit, but in the end, we're going with our guys, right? Like, that's kind of what it is, and Loon can handle it. Like, Loon can, oh yeah, we know. Uh, we, we already know that Loon can handle it. I, I think it's Looney. Uh, but this does it does depend game matchup. to game though because remember Boston game four I mean Looney was yep. playing better than Draymond yeah, so there are the choices Draymond picks his fourth foul picks his fourth foul like early in the fourth I don't think the Warriors were cared that, I mean he's great to have but that way you can play Looney like you know it it isn't as terrible for them as to, to, used to, yeah, to I go think through. the better thing is you just want Draymond on the court at the end of games without fouls yep. Yep. and if you get that that's that's probably the best version that you'll get. Uh, and you want him on the road. I was like, you want him on the road. It's like, I, I didn't think this game would be the essential Draymond game. It was pretty big. Game five is going to be the essential Draymond game. I really like that's the one where like, he got suspended for what you he know, did back game. there. He yelled at the crowd. He's going to want to have a monster game five. For some reason, game five to me looms as a potential clay game, right? On the oh, road, you're not so thinking right. about like he's kind of been in very under the radar storyline of the series. And then suddenly like, Oh, Clay hit 12 threes tonight. I'm like, well, what is that? Um, I, one guy I wanted to talk about, uh, I wrote about in like, you know, maybe like four, section four of my observations. Andrew Wiggins, uh, he's played on the floor. He played, yeah, he did. He had a diving save, which was big. But in this series, he's gone 28 minutes, 39 minutes, 34, 38. Uh, he's, I believe, played the fifth most minutes of all the players in the series, including the Kings players. His nine blocks, he had four blocks, two steals tonight, 18 points. 
He's hit 50% of his threes in these two San Francisco games. He had a mid-third quarter sequence that showed what he is to the Warriors, where there was he kind of had a bailout two, where it's just, hey, go get a two late in the clock, which is the KD shot, the Wiggins shot from last year. He kind of has that back. They double Steph on the next possession. He hits the wing three, which they're going to need him to do. So he's finding that a shot. bullet bowl three was Yes, crazy. that's the one I'm talking about. <laughs> it was. Um, but he's finding a shot a little bit again, so his his – Shooting percentage is going up. And just the fact that he's – you can literally just play him 38 minutes in and he looks like midseason Andrew Wiggins. It's just a little stunning to me because I know we sat in this press conference area several times during the last couple of months saying, number one, we're not sure if we're ever seeing Andrew Wiggins in a basically in a Warriors uniform again. Certainly not this season, there was doubt. And then it was like, hey, even if he comes back, it is outrageous to believe that you're going to get anywhere near the version that they got last playoffs – I'm not saying he's there, but I'm not saying he's that far away either. I mean, he's just steady 38 minutes, good defense. Like I said, four blocks, two steals tonight, and he's secondary offense. He's back to what he is. Yeah, and, and even though, like, Fox is very tricky for him, like he was talking about Fox is so automatic in the free throw. He was like, there was one Fox missed at the end, and he said he shot it, and Wiggins is like, dang it, like, he just knew it was going in. He's like, he, he missed. He was like, he was shocked that he missed. But even then, you know what he did? Switched him off, put him on somebody else, and that person didn't score. <laughs> so, like, put him on somebody, they're not going to score, except for Fox. Fox is the only one who's going to score. The ability to do that, like, remember uh, last year there was, like, the talk of, is he the, is he the finals MVP? Remember, remember all that stuff? I, I think it's very clear Wiggins is their second best player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we that was the story coming out of the playoffs. Then you got this season, he had a long absence, and and I'm talking injury absence. Then he came back, he struggled, and then he obviously had the disappearance, and then it felt ridiculous to say that again. But now, well, you know what? I, t- I asked her about it uh, after the regular season. It's like, you know, he's coming back. He was struggled when he was out for 15 games early in the season. Is he, you know, basically, is he going to struggle again? I was like, no, you know what? I don't think this is different. Like this, he said, it, like this, sometimes Steve says things just to be positive, but. Like he seemed to really believe it. He, from all reports, he was really great in the scrimmages. Like it just, I think it's different when you get a week off with your guys. You know, you're not like nursing an injury and coming. Like he was not hurt, and and he's also you know an incredible athlete. Yeah, he's like a free, like, he's yeah, like yeah, a track yeah, athlete. Like a guy, you can just drop in again if you just sort of dribble a basketball every day and round up and down and go play basketball again. And that's what they were saying. That's what they saw. Uh, and that's what we're seeing here. This is – they cannot do it without him. They say it, and they're right. And he's showing it here. And, you know, and he, he might be due for like a 26-point game here somewhere. Uh, and, you know, Steve's not taking him out of game. You know, like this guy's going to play. And I, I just like – he was scrapping. He was scrapping like he did. I mean, was it the Dallas series? And I know it was in the Boston series. But, like, we just started seeing him hit the glass – move people around he dove like the dive on the floor was like i know everybody loves to see it. you just don't see it that often in the nba full out scrape your body in your knee dive for the ball get and it and then just kind of like shovel, squirt it yeah, out shovel it something. out yeah. and again it retains possession like for all the things we say where they screwed up possessions and they messed up at the end those are stuff that that gets you back possessions and as they thought they're following the possession game it's a little boring to talk about but you got to get the ball. You just got to get the ball, and Wiggins is doing that. Sam, thoughts on like what Wiggins like? You know, I mean, you followed the story just like we did. This has got to be a pretty big shock. No, I mean, if tonight's like the capsulized version of Wiggins, 
you watch Fox and what he's able to do, it, to me, it's really evident that he struggles more against Wiggins than anybody else. Now, Draymond's a tricky one because, you know, his versatility means that Looney might at times look more effective against a guy like Sabonis than Draymond does, and conversely, Draymond against somebody like Fox. So, you know, that, that comes with the Draymond experience. But, like, Fox has a vibe about him every single time down the floor that I'm scoring no matter what, including Draymond. But when Wiggins is on him, like, that that margin for error is incredibly slim. So defensively, let's call Wiggins superior to Draymond, you know, for the here and the now. And then offensively, obviously, superior to Draymond. So you want to have that, you know, debate about second-best player in the team. Like, at his best, for sure, you know. And, and again, then you add the context – of him coming off this absence and, and everything that led to it, it's, you know, pretty impressive. And, and then it kind of goes back to, I wasn't alone, but like 10 days ago or so, when I wrote a whole column saying I could see the Warriors winning the entire thing. You know, and that's kind of what I love about this series. Like if they do survive the Kings, you still see that thing where if you squint hard enough, they can beat anybody. You know what I mean? Lakers, but, Lakers. And if you squint hard enough, you saw Harrison Barnes <laughs> throwing the dagger into the dynasty tonight. How do you miss that Have Harrison Barnes? That movie? I that thought movie? I was in a Harrison Barnes. I thought I was in a Harrison Barnes hero movie tonight just, when he was rising up. Who thought it was going in? Oh, I, I did not. A show of hands. I did not. Too much 2016. I heard Kavon Looney wanted, tell Marcus Thompson that Kavon Looney thought it was going in. I... I, I there was a part of me that wanted it to go in. I'm like, you told me that. Yeah, it's I'm like, yo, Bar- <laughs> man, you know, Harrison Barnes earned that man. That shot was seven years in the making, but I didn't think it was going in. In real time, Marcus just told me about the video the Warriors put out, and I got quiet on the pod because I'm sitting here looking at the video. It's painful. Like it's painful to see Draymond have that moment where he can tell Steph, "We've seen this movie." Like Harrison's gonna see that. It's on his time. When he ran over to the sideline, is that what, right afterwards? It's, they're hugging. Yeah, yeah. So they were going crazy. Yeah. They were going crazy. And he just yells, yeah. "We've seen this movie!" Like. <laughs> Uh, brutal. That was a reaction like... Well, guess know. what? That wasn't Game 7. Harrison Barnes has a chance to still throw hey, some daggers in the Nuggets. The, the movie is not over. Here comes our part-time Kings beat writer. Here comes Harrison for Game <laughs> 7. Game 7, Harrison Barnes. We're going to see it. Uh, yeah, there's some old wounds there <laughs> on both sides. it wasn't Game 7. Some old wounds on that one. Um, I, I do think... The, I mean, I, I thought the Kings had momentum when they went up 2-0. I think the Warriors have momentum now. Game 5. I think the team that wins Game 5 is going to win the series. I really do. And... Uh, I think it's a toss-up game. I think you know the Warriors are going to be Scott. They get two, another two days off for Steph playing all Did these. You just minutes. say you think whoever wins Game Five wins the series. Yes, You're really going out on a limb there. Huh? Well, I mean, no, I'm I saying, no one else said. I think he is no, because he said that if you go down 0-2, the series over. No, and then I said no, no. I know. Okay. <laughs> I just said statistically. I just said statistically. This uh, might be like sacrilegious to make this parallel. And I didn't even cover this series. This is before I covered NBA. Kings Lakers 02 conference finals. I remember vividly like the Kings getting it to a game seven, even though they obviously thought they got screwed in game six. There was that idea that you got home court, but it's the Lakers. Like you still like normally home court game seven, you feel like you have that edge. This series, what I do love about it is if it's chalk, if the Kings win game five, Warriors win game six. Like, if I'm a gambler, man, like, I'm probably not – it's hard to bet against the Warriors, even on the road, which could make Game 7 epic. Yeah, I mean, I, there's certainly a scenario I can see Kings win five, Warriors win six, toss-up Game 7. So, I don't I mean – but, no, obviously, I would agree that whoever wins Game 5, I would I would, I would, definitely <laughs> favor win this. I just, I, I just think that, you know, the pressure is going to be so humongous on the team that loses Game 5. 
It's just going to, you know, we felt the pressure already, but both teams have held serve at home. Part of the reason why the teams that go up 2-0 almost always win is because they win one of the next two to go up 3-1. That's that's the that's the formula. Right. It's very hard to win the next two and avoid to go down 3-1. Warriors did it. Um, and they have been in, you know, they had never been down 2-0, but they kept saying, yeah, we've been down 3-1 before. Right. We've been in the situation. Like, it's not going to. Nobody remembers yeah, they're not, what happened next. Yeah, they're not going ra- to rattle, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that they're going to win game five. If they do, I think they win it in six. And if the Kings win game five, I think they win in seven. So, or, and they might even I, win well, it in don't six. You, I know we're getting ahead I'd of ourselves. I'd say this. But don't you feel like, to me, game seven, like, if ever all this experience was going to pay off or something, like, it's not in a game seven on the road. Yeah, probably, I'd say this. I'd say season. this. If the Warriors win game five, I think the Kings are walking the plank game six here. Yeah. If the Kings win game five, I can still see yeah. the Warriors yeah. winning the series. I mean, and maybe that sounds homery or whatever. It's a, home, it's a home court series at that point. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen that much in the NBA these days, but it could be. Uh, I'm you know, I'm going to one who's going to be keep talking about it. You know, there's another two days off for Steph. Yeah. After that, it's every other day. And so However much I think his greatness will, will will stand to get Game Seven if it's marathon, but man, it's going to be a toll. It's going to be a toll on him. There's a reason why they played him 38 minutes. Most playoff games they did last year, 38 minutes, 37 minutes. Like this is expanding to something that's new here. We know he's in great shape, but he's 35. 35 is 35. If they can get him out as quickly as possible, it's obviously you always want that. But you start progressing through every other yeah. day. And by the way, this is round one. This is round one. That Lakers, if they get through this, with Steph playing this many minutes, Wiggins playing this many minutes, Clayman, yeah, and then they got the Lake. I mean, that is going to be. Well, different. the one thing that would help either team, Warriors or Kings, you want Memphis to win four. Make that, you know, you want the other side of this to be a dog fight. AD resting, yeah. you know, or, or whatever. But um, I'm just saying, if the Warriors get through this and if they're playing the Lakers, it's been said, but that one is going to be feel like a championship series. It is going to feel like a finals just because of the, the, the people involved, the legacies involved. Um, and obviously the ratings are going to be like a finals ratings. I think final thoughts from anyone. Clay Thompson played great. Long Clay Thompson had a solid game. He really, solid he game. Was guarding Monk a lot. Cause you know what? You no GP two, Right. So basically, so they had to put different is people he still sick or is that, is that just, I, still, I think the energy one there, you know, so, yeah. I heard he had food poison, you know, which is like that's a normal thing, but that is something that kind of saps your energy yeah, for, for, yeah. for a few days. I think offensively it's not great right now with him. Uh, but see, Steph was guarding Monk at the end. Clay was guarding Monk a lot. Like you, it starts it, – it siphons them down where they're like having to put some really scary defensive matchups out there. But And Clay held up. I mean, Clay played well. I think that was Kerr mentioned defense first with him. Uh, as a two-way, you know, the old Clay from four years ago. I don't think he's ever going to get quite that high, but like he had to, and he might have to. If, if GP two is not, you know, maybe he'll be great in two days. I don't know, but that 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 they could just but throw Clay out there is, and have him do it. I'm not sure like he's going to get much of a peak on the court because like I think Kerr is going in like yeah. seven, little moody, little coming in the first half, but really just seven. Like Dante's even tough yeah. for him right now to get in. It's becoming like six almost. Is there how much how much pressure is now on the Kings? To like win. This is the same Amy question. Yeah, I was looking at it when I asked. <laughs> yeah. 
A ton. I mean, at home, the irony, of course, they weren't that neighbor great. Neighbor John, just like cowbell. He got to get a shout out on every single bot. Yeah, neighbor John. He deserves it. He, I mean, he interrupted, interrupted tampering last week with a purple beam in my window in my front yard. So it happens. That's what it's like in SAC right now. Uh, Come on up. I mean, the first two games were for the locals. They were glorious. You know what I mean? Like, place was lit. They, they put the beam up twice. Uh, this is a different kind of pressure. And, and I have not lost sight of the fact that going into this series, I picked Warriors in six. That was my professional public response. Privately, I was probably closer to Warriors in five, maybe Warriors in four. Like Ooh. I, I, Ooh. I Samuel Amy. I mean, I just this team as a collective didn't have any experience together. And I and what I was clearly a hundred percent wrong about was a year ago, if you would ask me if if De'Aaron Fox could be this guy, like. My yeah. answer would have been categorically no. I did not see no, it. I was critical of the Sabonis trade. Doesn't look great now because I think Halliburton's fantastic. But I did not know, and which has changed my mind, is that Fox would be this good. Well, I just thought you'd I... need Halliburton to be your stud because I thought he was a better player than Fox. I was probably incorrect on that. Fox is just so much better. It makes that trade make sense. And that's, I mean, Halliburton's a great player. But that makes sense because Fox works so well with, with Sabonis. And you want the ball in Fox's hands, not anybody else's. It's funny to me, real quick, this is way too deep in the Kings side of things, but the Luka Doncic situation when they passed on him in the draft, obviously in Sacramento, a huge hot topic, and it kind of a trigger for the fans that were pissed off that they, they passed on him. Vladi Divac, then, probably even now, as recently, I don't mind sharing this, as recently as the Bucks Suns finals two years ago, talked to Vlade and, and still was holding out, he was holding out hope that, that he actually had the opinion that De'Aaron Fox was a hell of a lot closer in, in neighborhood of talent to Luca than people realized. Now I'm, I'm gonna be real. If when that, I talk, if he could to just him, get unlocked through the Marvin Bagley pick and roll. Yeah, but like I remember getting off the phone with Vlade and being like, "Man, he's still saying that." You know what I mean? Now I'm not trying to like. I understand Luca's incredible, but Luca didn't make playoffs, and De'Aaron Fox I mean, is Tim showing. Tim mentioned out. It earlier, like Wiggins has had a tougher time guarding Fox than he yeah, did Luca. Yeah. So I mean, that to your point, Tim. That's kind of what I love about the league. There's all this nuance, right? It's not just like, well, the Kings bet on the right guy. Well, the Kings also read the room on the De'Aaron Fox trade market at the time, which with his contract, value, you know, kind of efficiency of value return was not coming back. And that is largely what led to that Sabonis trade was that Halliburton's a guy who could net you because of that rookie scale deal combined with his talent. Fox would have been like a salary dump last yeah, year. Yeah. Now, think think about if you've dangled him. They're not going to, but yeah. think about if you dangled him Five this offseason. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you could probably get the Rudy Gobert trade. Yeah. You could, yeah. Hey, you could probably get Rudy Gobert right now for him. <laughs> I think the Kings are, <laughs> Kings are feeling pretty good about the value on that Fox deal yeah. right now. Okay. Um, I'm going to send us out. I think this is oh, a good round. not leave this pod without talking about Jordan Poole. Yes. Jordan Poole what? Was cooking. Finally. He was healthier. He had a good third quarter. He had a good third quarter. (laughs) Uh, I don't don't think that's accurate. I think he played. I think he played. Except for that mistake at the end. That was quite a mistake. But, yeah. Uh, (laughs) It was a pretty big mistake. I mean, but they all made huge mistakes. It's anticlimactic. Yeah, they all made huge mistakes. Okay, Jordan Poole's third quarter. He was five or six on twos at one point, which was good. He was going to the rim, and he got five free throws in the third quarter. He had that and one. Like, he, he, he really did have a good third quarter. He, again, as these playoffs go on, is separating himself back into what Steve Kerr called the foundational six, right? He is... Clearly a part of that six. That I think Curse, he's. Is Curse at that? Yeah, yeah, that he, yeah. That was this off season. He called okay. them the foundational six okay, after the playoffs. Uh, I missed that part. I think I think it's important. He's outplaying Monk since game one. Like he's and Monk's you need. Okay. 
he need you need somebody to outplay Monk, and that's that was critical. Now Keegan is to the clay level, right? Like, <laughs> like but Monk was coming in and just torching, doing what he wants, and like Jordan can't really guard him, but he was like, all right, this dude can't guard me. And I think one of the things that we've seen is if there's anybody exposing the defensive issues of the Kings perimeter players. It's Jordan Poole. It's not anybody else. Jordan Poole's saying, this dude cannot stay in front of me, and I'm taking that. And there's nobody at the rim to block Yeah, yeah, he's the one doing that. Uh, So, to me, and, you know, he might not do it on the road, but (laughs) you got to have your home guys cook. And I thought thought that was pretty critical. To that point, I mean, he got hurt in the – was it game one, game two? Game two? Game one. Game two. No, no, no. No, you're right. Game one, he rolled his ankle. He played game two for him. And so, yeah, to right. me, for the Kings' purposes, that's bad. Like, Jordan got momentum. He got confidence going back. Healed to up. He healed up. Yeah. So yeah. The two days off. He got the two days and the two days. Yeah. And, and then two he was a non. Yeah. He was a non-factor in the first two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well. And, he, and he started. He started his game. He, you know, and, and that's important to them have offensive flow. that They need to know that they can do that. And that if they start him and they go with their offensive side, they're not going to get pummeled, and they did not. Tim went the entire podcast without mentioning plus minus God, Alex Lynn. Alex and Lynn was freaking ridiculous. But. <laughs> well, how much would you give Alex Lynn this offseason? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. What's max? What's the max I can? Uh, it's unbelievable. Again, for a guy I thought would not play in this series, and I was not the only one who thought that. No. The fact that they're winning, the Kings are still winning his minutes, is just unbelievable. I mean, it's, the, it's, it's why hilarious. we're talking about it's because it's not because of him. I mean, he's not been bad. It's because everything else is working. And it's also partly because, yeah, I think the Kings, you know, Sabonis is so good. They run so much stuff through him that it gets bogged down. Then the Sabonis minutes aren't so good because everything is relying on him. And he'll turn it over. And he'll throw up a bad shot. And the Warriors will come right back down. And Len does not do any of that because you do not want him to shoot the ball. But he crashes the boards. He's a little bit more of a rim protector. Um but I do think some of Steve's adjustments. I mean, let's try to win those minutes. Let's get Steph well, out they're, here they're, against they're him. They're failing. They yeah. failed again today. They were like, it was like Alex Lenz in the game, plus 14 what Kings. What was his final plus minus? Uh, it was good. He played 10 minutes, and uh, I got a – He played eight in the first half. He played 10 minutes, and Alex Lynn was a plus 11. Unbelievable. All right. Well, we will end with that terrific <laughs> stat, and we'll talk after game five in Sacramento Wednesday night. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 